Hey, you are tuned into the Bold Church podcast. My name is Yasmin Ruhi. I am one of the lead pastors here. We're so excited that you can join us for today's talk. We hope it blesses you. We hope it encourages you. And if you find it useful, go ahead and send it to someone else whose day you can bless. If you want to join us, we meet live every Sunday morning. If you want to find out our times or where we're meeting, head to our website at bold.church or head to our Instagram at boldchurch. SV. Thank you so much and enjoy today's talk. Well, it's my uh, a joy and pleasure to invite the founder of Theos U and Theos Seminary, the author of two books, Hearing God and Killer Church. If you haven't got Killer Church, let me tell you a secret for those who call Bold Church their home. We are doing a 10-week group's through the book, Killer Church, if you sign up for a group, you get one for free. Not on Sunday, though. You actually got to show up to a group. And we're going to preach through it through the month of February. And this Sunday, Nathan's going to kick off that collection of talks. Uh, but I want to give you some context of, about the seed of tonight was actually planted a year ago in January. Uh, my wife and I were having dinner with Nathan and uh, Chris, and we were at... Um, I think somewhere in Santana Row. And Nathan was talking about how he was pastoring in, at Hillsong, New York for a decade. And uh, this church was reaching thousands and thousands of people. And every Monday night for like a decade, uh, Nathan would teach uh, Bible classes to, to all these pagans who were becoming Christians. That was the language he used. Uh, and often what he would do is the course and the curriculum they created on those Monday nights became the foundation of FAOSU. Uh, and he said, my wife remember asking this one time, like, what is your anointing in the most? Like, is it teaching? And he said, oh, it's imparting the gift of tongues. And right then my wife's like, well, we're going to invite you back because we need that. Uh, and so if, if you're part of Bold Church, can you just stand and give him honor? Because he's about to impart something into our church that we so desperately need. Nathan Finocchio. Thank you. Have a seat. All right. That was fantastic. Emmy, you're amazing. And team, it's really good. That song is pretty amazing. I turned to Chris, who's doing his dissertation right now in the book of Revelation, and I said, this is from the book of Revelation, in case you were wondering. He's like, yeah, I, I noticed that. So just trying to keep him on his toes. Um, that's really good. Cool. Well, I'm really glad to be here. Um, we get to be together tonight and tomorrow night, or tomorrow morning, not night, tomorrow morning. <laughs> I'm going to be flying tomorrow night home. Um, but um, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad to be here. Um, I love your pastors. Um, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they're cool. And and it seems like the Lord's doing some really cool things in your community. Um, I mean, you're inside of a miracle right now. This, this, um, this, we were, we were believing for this, this building and here it is. And so this is really cool. I, I, I was at the other building that we were at and I think it was another church building, wasn't it? Um, kind of similar vibe actually, which is interesting. Um, but all that to say, here we are, and this is your building. <laughs> Those are your donuts. Right? 
yours. So our, that was your fruit. There's like two fruits there. I think there's a banana. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was no fruits. But the point is, it's y'all's stuff. And there's, that's a great feeling. So uh, be encouraged. Um, next time you see donuts, just be like, it's our donuts. Those are ours. They belong to us. It's, the Lord gave them to us. So it's pretty exciting. Um, okay, so we're going to talk. The title of this talk is Tongues. Look at that. Just, let's just, just go for it. Boom, there it is. Um, keep it simple. Um, so we're going to read a bunch of scripture tonight. I think there's 10 passages of scripture that I want to work through. Um, some of them, I'm not, I don't want to belabor this thing. I want to just show you some scripture. I know that Russell preached last night about the Holy Spirit, and there's probably going to be some crossover. That's okay. Um, but uh, I just want to kind of show you some passages that I think will help us form a theology of, of tongues. Um, this is a brief sketch. This isn't um, something that's exhaustive about tongues. In fact, I, I, there's going to be lots of stuff that I didn't, I didn't you know, touch or whatever. But I, just, I was thinking, man, these, these 10 passages, um, when I think of tongues, um, this is, this, these things really stand out to me. Um, and just have helped me get, wrap my head around it because, um, side note, maybe a bit of a spoiler alert, tongues weirds me out to this day. <laughs> I have a lot of questions for God about tongues. I just spit a lot there. I don't know what was up with that. Um, I'm not even like that Pentecostal and the spit's flying. That was more like a Russell move. Um, so... Yeah, I have some questions, and, and, and hopefully the Lord will answer those um, when, we, when we're on the other side. Um, but, okay, let's get into this. So Acts, Acts 2, 1 to 4. Um, I don't know what translation y'all are doing this in. Is this ESV? I didn't even ask. <laughs> Ali, what is it? Do you know? All right, whatever. It could be, the, if it's the message, we're stuck with it. <laughs> if it's the Passion Translation, I'm leaving. Okay, that's just how, that's how the cookie crumbles. Okay, all right, let's, we're just, we're, we know it's the Bible, so that's good. This does look familiar. Okay, so when the day of Pentecost came, um, Pentecost is 50 days after the, uh, the Passover, in case you're wondering what the heck is the Passover, or the, the Pentecost, essentially during the Passover, all these Jewish people would come to Jerusalem that lived from all over the world. And it was like Thanksgiving, essentially. They'd all fly home, and they'd be doing Jewish stuff, okay? And then, and then they'd hang out for too long. You know what I mean? Kind of like, like, like a, an Italian son who sees mom and dad, and he's like, I'm going to stay a couple months, you know? It's like... <laughs> It's like when Chris goes home to see his parents. It's like, where'd, where'd, you, where'd you go? Where did you, why are you there so long? Come back. So these guys are like, they've stayed well past. It's like 50 days past. Like, why are you still in Jerusalem, you know? Um, and um, so keep in mind, Jesus died um, and then was raised again during that Passover week, right? So this is 50 days after Jesus is hasta manana, Okay. <laughs> And so I believe that is tongues. <laughs> Anybody have the interpretation for that? Okay. Um, so 
<laughs> hey, I'm, we're in California, okay? So you got to speak a little Espanol, okay? When, <laughs> when, when the day of Pentecost came, fuego, that is, it means fire. In fact, an alternate title for this, this talk is fuego. If, if, you, if that is more culturally, if it works better for you. I realize tongues is a little white bread. It's a little, it's a little Canadian. Okay. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And, you know, Jesus dies, and they're like, I don't know what to do. Um, think, I know that you know the rest of the story, but let's forget that you know the rest of the story. And let's just think about Jesus, like you're like, okay, I'm going to follow this guy. And like for three and a half years, he's doing all these amazing things. You're like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then he just dies and then leaves. I'm like, what do I do now? Do you know what I mean? So like literally Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. They're like, Who, who's that? I don't know who that is. So you know what I mean? It's like, hey, I can't, I can't meet you, you know, at the Chipotle, but my friend's going to be there. It's like, I don't know who your friend is. I literally got dressed to come and hang out with you. What are you talking about? Right? Have you ever been in a situation like that where, oh, don't worry, my brother's going to be there. I don't know your brother. I don't want to hang out with your brother. You know what I mean? So, so that's what's happening. They're in this awkward thing. They don't know what they're going to do with their life. It's amazing. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be, that's really great language, because don't get so hung up on specific things. When the Bible's kind of like, it was kind of like that. It's like, you know what I mean? It seemed to be tongues of fire. <laughs> Guys, like, I don't know what it was, dude, but it was fiery, and it kind of looked like a tongue, to be quite honest. Um, that separated, so somehow, I guess, I, I'm trying to follow the text here, but it's like, it was fiery in the middle, and then it separated or something? Right? And then it started to go on all their heads. They're like, ah! Right? They're looking at their buddy like, ah! And then he's looking at him like, ah! He's like, you have, ah! Right? Do you remember in Home Alone when his head's on fire? Like, probably like that, but less painful. Um, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Okay, so this is like the main, this is the, the main text. Text is a fancy word for Bible verse um, that, we, that we sort of begin this theology of tongues and what, what is it? So there, Jesus told them, you know, right, I'm leaving. My, I'm going to send my friend. I don't know who your friend is. What? And then this happens. Do you know what I mean? So they're like, whoa. They're like, ah, ah, right? So, wow, Jesus, like, his friend is dangerous. <laughs> this is crazy, right? Now, before the Holy Spirit is, like, shows up in this way, okay, these guys didn't know what they were doing. Let's, let's, let's jump ahead to Acts 126, or rather back. Acts 20, 126, okay, do you remember Judas, the guy who betrayed Jesus with a kiss? Right? You couldn't have betrayed him another way? Had to kiss him, did you? It's kind of weird. Um, but anyways, side note. Um, he's like, the one that I kiss is, is Jesus. I could just point him out. So, that, you know, just a thought. Uh, so 
Then they, the Romans would be like, what are you, okay. Um, I guess they do things different down here. Um, so then they cast lots, right? And, and so Judas is dead, right? He hung himself because he felt so bad for betraying Jesus. Uh, he realized what he, what he did because, like, the devil entered Judas and he did, and, and he did something really bad. Um, and, then he, and then he just had this moment of clarity. Um, but it was too late and, you know, condemnation and all that stuff. And he, his soul was already, he was, it was already, he was in a dark place. You're obviously in a dark place when you betray Jesus, especially with a kiss. Like, um, so then they, they cast lots, okay, because they wanted to figure out who's going to be the next apostle. Because they only had 11 now. They're like, down, oh, we're down to 11. We need 12. It's an even number. It's what, do you know what I mean? They're like, who knows what they were thinking? But in order for them to figure out who the next apostle was, they played a game of dice. Who does that? People who are very confused and don't know what to do. Right? This is before the Holy Spirit. So you following me here? Okay, like, uh, I wish there was somebody that could guide us and speak into this. Well, I have some dice. Do we want to just... just if you get a seven, it's every, right? They give everybody a number. It's like, what's your name? I'm George. Interesting name. Herbert. You know what I mean? Like, they all have these weird names. And then there's this other guy. Okay. And it's just weird. Uh, Luke 22. Luke 22. Let's read this really quickly. And I'm, I'm just going to kind of speed read it a little bit. But this is the part where Peter denies Jesus to a little girl. Okay. This is before the Holy Spirit, right? A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at him. This is the man that was with Jesus. But he's like, it wasn't me. I don't know you, little girl. And then a little later, someone else saw him. You were also, the, man, I'm not. I'm not I'm not Peter. I wasn't there. And then somebody else, right? Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. Like, the point is, is Peter was a total sissy. He couldn't admit that he was a Christian to a little girl. Do you remember that? Right? It's like, talk about, like, being, a, like, ashamed of your faith. Right? He's like, he's, he, is a, he is a coward. He is an unfaithful witness. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I am very nervous right now. I'm having a lot of anxiety. I do not know who Jesus is. <laughs> right? I need to go speak to my therapist. I was not trained for this moment. I did not know that I would be asked if... I and I, I am. I'm just having some issues right now, and I need to go breathe. I need to go get my breathing apparatus or whatever it's called—a paper bag. Yeah, yeah. Acts one six to eight. Acts one six to eight. They gathered around him and asked, "Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel?" And so this is this is Jesus. He's resurrected and he's about to go up to heaven. And, and they're like, okay, God, are you going res- to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus is like, he's floating up. Like, he's already starting to float. He's like, you know, j- thrusters engage. He's like, I'm pacing, right? And they're like, wait, are you going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus is like, so he like, he like a deflated balloon just <laughs> comes back down. He's like, are you kidding me right now? Dude, I told you like a thousand times my kingdom's not of this world. So yeah, like one day I will be, it will be a political kingdom. I'll be the king of everything. But the moment, that's not the plan. I, I've told you this a thousand freaking times, right? 
And, and so he explains that. It says, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, right? And you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Point is, they were confused about their mission. They didn't. So, so firstly, they didn't know what to, they were drawing lots, right? Playing dice. Number two, P- Peter's a scared little baby who can't share his faith. And then number three, uh, they're confused about their mission and their purpose, right? Now, after the Holy Spirit, Acts 13, Acts 13, where are we at? Boom. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, now this is at a church, in a previous verse, it says that they had prophets and teachers there. And the Holy Spirit means somebody prophesied, right? Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called. So once they have the Holy Spirit, now prophets are giving words. Hey, uh, the Holy, there's, a, there's something on your life and God's going to call you and blah, 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 right? They're not going, hey, we should do some missionary work. Let's roll the dice again. Do you know what I mean? They, they had the Holy Spirit to, to give them insight on, on, on direction stuff, but personal, personally, personal direction, appointing people into the ministry, confirming people in the ministry, etc. Uh, Acts 2, 37 to 38, all of a sudden, um, Peter got bold. In fact, this is, the, this is the passage right after the tongue. He's like, ah, tongue. And, he's, and then he starts to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives him, you know, um, uh, ability to, and now uh, Peter's, you know, shabba doing, and he's speaking in tongues, and the people hear this, um, and, and he begins to preach. He, like, his, his, the first thing, so tongues is like the, kind of the first thing that happens, but then, right after that, Peter turns into this absolute preaching monster. He wasn't able to share his faith with a little girl in the dark, around a campfire, now he's doing it in front of 3,000 people in the same hour that he receives that gift of tongues, that empowering of the Spirit. And now he's like, he's an absolute assassin. Listen, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. Man, that's, that's some good preaching. Right? That must have had some oomph, some conviction. And said, said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replies, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's like, boom. Killing it. Um, I exited out of my documents. <laughs> Some, I just something like that. And, like, and I'm like, oh, no, Lord. My notes have been raptured. Take me, not them. <laughs> They're not ready. Okay. It's a weird joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Acts 2. Acts 2, 42 to 47. After the Holy Spirit, um, now the church has a mission. Right? They, they were like hanging out in a room like, uh, let's sing, should we sing Kumbaya one more time? We've, we've played it 130 times, but... Let's just do it one more time. We're just waiting like Jesus said. And now they got a plan. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's like the church is just, they have this method now. 
right? Before they're like, well, it's a huge difference. Why tongues is a great question. So why, God, why? Because um, it's so weird. It's controversial in case you, you, you've been alive for five seconds and know anything about, <laughs> uh, about church stuff. There's a lot of Christians that are like, yeah, I don't think tongues are cool. John MacArthur's not a fan. <laughs> not a fan at all. Um, there's a lot of people, it's just, it's just weird. You know, a lot of people think that. It is kind of weird, to be honest with you. Um, but why? Like, what's, what, is, what about tongues? What, what's going on with it? So, so let's give it a bit of a, um, let's give it a 40,000 foot level look. Um, so in the Old Covenant, okay, we're all adults here, hopefully. In the Old Covenant, what, did, what body part did God go after? Do you remember? Do you remember a guy named Abraham? He's like, Abraham, do you want to follow me? Want to be a friend of mine? Yes, I'd love to be your friend. Cool. There's a sharp rock over there. <laughs> and I want you to take that sharp rock. And I want you to... <laughs> Come again? It's like, yes, I want you to snip, snip the foreskin of your yoo-hoo. And Abraham's like, you know what? I love you, God, but I don't know if I love you that much. Isn't that crazy? Wrap your head for a second, theologically, please, around, the, the, like, like, why? Think really set myself up here for, but honestly, it's like, why would God, why would that be the thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't we just get tattoos? Do you know what I mean? Like, just on my bicep. Yeah, all the Jews get tattoos on their biceps. It's just what they do culturally. You know, it's like, no, the Jews literally cut flesh off of their penis. It's pretty random. You know, like, why, why is that the thing? <laughs> right? Um, I guess that we could sort of... I, I mean, we could guesstimate. Um, there's a lot of reasons why we think that maybe the Lord, you know, but we do know this. It's a very intimate part of the body, right? It's something that a Jewish man will be reminded of daily. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, hello again. Oh, hello, you know, stranger. Um, <laughs> You know, it'd just be like, he, every day, he would know that he was in covenant with God. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, like the, it's not like a Greek tattoo that you get it and then you forget about it. You know what I mean? Like, you went to Vegas and you got, like, this girlfriend, there's some lady that you met on this trip, like, Irene. You know what I mean? And then you went, yeah, I got it. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, it's like, you wouldn't forget about that. You would not forget about the covenant that you had with your God. You hearing me? In the new covenant, God goes after the tongue. And I think that it, it's for similar reasons. Um, let's look at James chapter 3. And this is what James has to say about the tongue. Uh, take ships as an example. This is what James says. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder 
wherever the pilot wants to go. Once again, similar to that other thing. You hearing me? Do you know what I mean? Some people are really driven by that thing. You know, like, it's truth. Well, can we just shoot straight tonight? Right? Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. It's true. These parts of our bodies create fire. Right? And God goes, I want that. The tongue also is a fire. This is crazy. A world of evil. Among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and as itself set on fire by hell. And God's like, I'm reclaiming that. That's going to be, that's going to be, I'm, that's going to belong to me. What I love about, about serving God is that he doesn't throw things out, he redeems them. You hearing me? Like, like, Christianity doesn't make you less human, it makes you more human. It just restores. And like, I think the, the mission of God in the earth, as began by Jesus, or begun by Jesus rather, is to restore humanity and to restore every part and to give these parts that have been absolutely out of control like a mission, a purpose. You hearing me? Like the tongue, it's like it, it can be the worst thing ever, right? Or it can be the best thing ever, right? Like with, with, the, same, with the same tongue, James goes on to say, it's like with the same tongue, we just, we call people like, you're a loser. And it's like, I love you, Lord. Right? And James is like, no, don't, it, it can't be like that. Right? But, th- and I think that this is one of the, I think that this is, it, the tongue being, I, it, the seal or the sign of the new covenant, in the same way that circumcision was the sign of the old covenant, Tongues, I believe, are a seal of the new covenant. If I could go that far. Or rather, a a sign. The Holy Spirit being the seal, but this being a sign of the new covenant. Um, That the Holy Spirit takes control over a physical part of your body that can be a lot of trouble, but he's going to harness it and make it powerful for you and for the, the community of faith. One Corinthians fourteen, two to four. One Corinthians fourteen, two to four. Okay, so what do tongues do? Like what? Once again, what? Why tongues? What? What's the point of it? Paul's really clear here. So he says, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Absolutely. Right. When somebody's speaking in tongues, I have no clue what they're why. Like it's, I. Yep. It's all gibberish to me. Right. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Cool. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Edifies a fancy word for builds up. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. In the Old, in the old King James, it's he who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. 
Anybody who speaks in the tongues. So when you are speaking in tongues, primarily, you are building yourself up in your most holy faith. That's, that's, that's why we speak in tongues. We speak in tongues because we're a hot mess. We speak in tongues because we desperately need to be built up by the Holy Spirit. Because we're like Peter, where we, it's, we struggle to share our faith. We're ashamed of things, right? Right? We just get, we get clammy. We get awkward. We don't know what to do. We need guidance from the Holy Spirit. We, we, we don't even know how to pray as we ought. Um, is actually uh, uh, Romans, Romans 8, 26. Let's throw this up here. In the same way the, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't know what we ought to pray for. Dude, I don't, I don't even know what to pray for. Do you honestly think that you know what to pray for? I don't know what's good for me. I have no freaking clue what's good for me. Can you imagine if God answered all, all your prayers? That would be awful. I remember prayers I used to pray like 20 years ago or 10 years ago. And I'm like, God, thank you for not answering that. I remember I used to like, literally, I'd be like, God, I need this. This is who I want to be. And like now I'm like, cringe. Do you know what I mean? Do you remember like, have you ever seen photos of yourself like in high school? And you just look at I cannot believe that my parents let me leave the house looking like that. That's some of y'all's prayers. Do you know what I mean? Like they're cringy. You don't want that. But we just, we, the thing is we, we, we pray in our understanding and we're, we're so out of touch with the will of God many times, with what God's really calling us to be, uh, with any sort of prophetic imagination whatsoever. And so we pray in our understanding and we wonder, God's not answering my prayers. He's like, yes, because he loves you. That's why he's not doing that. You hearing me? The reason why I need to pray in tongues is because I don't know everything. I have these giant blind spots in my life. And if I don't pray in tongues, I'm just a Peter who's scared, nervous, high anxiety, going to make decisions out of fear. Right? Like purposeless, throwing dice to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. I need a word from the Lord. I'm going to go eat Chinese tonight. I got a fortune cookie. Because I don't know what I'm doing. Right? Have you ever been like so desperate that a fortune cookie? I just really, I'm putting a lot of weight on this fortune cookie right now. <laughs> right? You're like, I, should, I, should I move to, to San Francisco and take that job? Or should I stay in Palo Alto? Right? It's like, I need a fortune cookie. Oh. Oh. I need a, I need a friend. I need a fortune cookie, right? And I need, and I need, I don't know, French fries. It is normal for a Jesus person who loves Jesus, who loves God, to receive the Spirit. And of course, you receive the Spirit, but receive um, gifts and, and power from the Spirit for our daily living. And tongues is, is that game changer. Because it gives you boldness. It'll, it'll, give, it'll do what happened to Peter, which is you go from being a little baby to being a total assassin preacher. Right? It's, it's boldness. Because that's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit gives you boldness. 
He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. You start speaking in tongues, you start getting built up in your faith. I don't know how, but it's, it's how God works. I don't, know, I don't know why God does things the way he does, but that's how he does it. And so if you need to be built up in your faith, if you're feeling like fearful. So for me, um, I have a daily liturgy where I, I, most days I will walk about an hour and I will pray for an hour. Um, it seems like a lot, but it's, it's actually not. It seems very spiritual, but it's not all that spiritual. It's, just, it's as easy as just going on for a walk for an hour. It's literally, you know, you know what I mean? Kneeling down and praying for an hour, that's spiritual. I can't do that. I can go for a walk for an hour, though, and just be like, God, help. And I need stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so I have four passages of Scripture that I work through. Um, I, I, do, I do the Lord's Prayer. Um, that's what I open with. And I kind of like, I, I, play a, I play a chord, and then I do like a guitar solo. Do you know what I mean? So I'll be like, Father in heaven, there's the chord. And then do the riff. It's like, oh, you're my father. You're my daddy, you know, and I'm talking to you, like, because I know that I don't believe in Santa Claus. He doesn't give me anything. My dad does. And so I'm talking to you because, you know, every good and perfect gift comes from you, Lord. And so you're my father. So, Lord, thank you for being my father. Thank you that I'm your son. Right, I'm just riffing, guitar solo, and I'll do the next chord. Hallowed be your name, chord, right, and then I riff. Oh, hallowed, your name is awesome, God. And I'll go through the names of God, maybe, just, just, just things that are coming to mind. Right, so that's how that's how I pray. So I, I just have these structures. I, I call it just a daily liturgy. I got the the Lord's Prayer, and then I do Psalm twenty three, um, and then I do um, Psalm one hundred and three verses two to five, and then I do um, Psalm ninety one. Okay, so those are the four, and they just help. They just help me my prayers. Right, they guide my prayers. And I mean, you should be praying the Lord's Prayer as well because the disciples asked Jesus, "Hey, teach us to pray," and he's like, "Okay, cool, pray like this." Right, so. Just as a free tip there. If Jesus tells you how to pray, you should probably do that one. Okay. So, but, but, but generally, generally, at some point during my walk, I pray in tongues. Because, now, obviously, I'm praying in the Spirit when I'm praying through Scripture, because Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right? So when I'm praying Scripture, I am praying right into the will of God. Isn't that cool? So that's why it's probably a good thing to like let Scripture frame your prayers, right? So that you know, I mean, these are God-honoring prayers. These are the ones that he's going to answer, right? Um, but, but, but in addition, there's other things that are going on in my life that I don't know exactly what's happening. I don't see everything. I have these huge blind spots. Have you ever, has there ever been something in your life where you thought the one thing was the problem, but it was like this other thing that was the problem? Right? And then you're just like, it was that? I can't believe it was that. Right? Um, I, I had a knee problem, and, and I thought it was a knee problem, but it wasn't a knee problem. It was an IT band problem. And I remember, like, I, I walked around for, like, a couple years just in insane, like, pain in my knee, and finally, a chiropractor was like, no, dude, like, your IT is, like, tighter than, like, an old leather belt. You just need to stretch it, and then you'll be fine. I stretched it. Oh, my. And then it was gone. All the pain was gone. It was insane. Right? So it's like I, it was, it was, I had misdiagnosed it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I needed, I needed somebody who knew how things worked to diagnose it. You hearing me? Yeah. Right? And so tongues are for idiots. 
And, and like people like me, Sorry. Right? Like, that, that's, what, that's what tongues are for. Tongues are for people. It's like, I don't see all the picture. I don't know all of the problems. Like, like for example, like maybe there's an issue in a relationship, and you're like, I, we keep on going over. We keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And it seems like we're just two ships in the night constantly, just always missing each other on these issues. And, and you, you should speak in tongues over that. Because you don't know what's happening. And maybe you'll never know what's happening, but the Holy Spirit knows how to heal that. Right? Or maybe there's, maybe there's a blind spot in you. And, like, you don't know how to pray for you. Like, I don't know all the, I don't know, I don't know all the depth of my problems. Right? My psychologist is like, she looks at me and she's like, it's dark in your soul. Oh, I need a jacket. It's cold in this office. I'm sure that Chris's psychologist would just be like, that is very dark. <laughs> right? It's, are you hearing me? It's like, like we're, we are very twisted and tangled. And like there's just all these things going on. And the Holy Spirit knows how to get the knots out. Knows where the issues are. Knows where the healing needs to take place. Knows where... Right? And we're going, it's the knee. He's like, it's not the knee. It's not the knee. It's this thing. And I'm working in it. Right? But that act of faith, in fact, it's like a humility that you're going, God, I don't know. And I think that that's one of the things that God, the Lord's just honored by. And, and that's where tongues really begins to work is when you, when you know, like the scripture says, that he who speaks in an unknown tongue builds himself up, edifies himself. Okay. And God, I don't know. I don't know how to pray as I ought but I know that you know, and so as I'm speaking in tongues, what I'm actually doing is as I'm saying, I don't know, but you know. Like, that could be, made. that's like the most God-honoring thing ever. Like, no wonder it's so powerful. I have to speak in tongues. I have to. Because if I'm not, I'm missing, I know I'm missing stuff. I have so many, we have so many blind spots. Okay, I'm going to get really practical and then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, and then we're going to just pray for a little bit. Um, And maybe, okay, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Here we go. Not yet, not yet, Okay. So here's just four thoughts that are sort of like they're, like, they're connected in my head. Maybe they're not connected, but in my head it makes sense, you know. Uh, number one, um, these are really practical. So uh, the Spirit, there's this passage in, in Corinthians. I believe it's 1 Corinthians 14, but Chris would probably know exactly where it is. The Spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. And... Essentially, the, what, what the author is saying is um, you are, maybe it's in 1 Corinthians 12, but it's like you, it's your mouth. So yes, you're a prophet, but, and, but when you prophesy, you're responsible for the things that come out of your mouth. Does that make sense? So like all prophetic activity, if I'm singing a song up here, I, you know, I get a song and I start to go, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Kanye is cool. It's like, oh, maybe not. 
maybe not. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, could have found a better word for that one. You know what I mean? Like, just whatever. You know, you start saying, like, stuff. You know what I mean? Like, the, like Jesus is Lord. The Dallas Cowboys are going to win. It's like, they're not going to win, dude. They just got beat. Do you know what I mean? Like, your prophecy sucked. You hearing me? So, like, this, there's this strange cooperation with the Holy Spirit that it's difficult to, to put my fi- the finger on the threshold of the Holy Spirit and human responsibility, but it, and that's where, this is where scripture really helps, but like when you say things, and, and in 1 Corinthians 12, I believe Paul says, if you say Jesus is Lord, you're saying that by the Holy Spirit. That's, like, that's a good prophecy. Jesus is Lord. It's like, yes, yes, good. Wow, you are gifted, you know? You hearing me? Now, how do we know that Jesus is Lord? Well, from Scripture, right? So that, there's safe things, you know, to, to prophesy. But, but my, my larger point is, in prophecy and in tongues, it's your spirit, it's your responsibility. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack that in a minute. So, spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets, as in there's a human element or a human responsibility to the gift of tongues and to the gift of prophecy. Okay. Number two, as you feel led to prophesy, you prophesy. Right? Like the Holy Spirit is the love of God. And so when I, if I like love somebody, you know, and I just I for me, it'll be like, I like this person, and I know that that's the Holy Spirit prompting me to, to encourage them. Does that make sense? Because the love, the, the, the love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit, right? So, so when I just, oh, I just like this person, that's the Holy Spirit saying, say something, right? Say something, right? Encourage them, okay? So, so that's how prophecy works. And then I will prophesy. I'll just begin to encourage them. And it's my spirit. It's my responsibility. So I'm not going to say weird stuff like, oh, you know, in, you know, have you ever been given somebody like horrible compliments? It's like, oh, you know, I, I'm not even going to go there, but it's like. Never guess if a woman's pregnant. Do you know what I mean? Like, that could be a really bad prophecy. Do you know what I mean? Like, you hear him. You know what I mean? So when are you due? It's like, I'm not due. <laughs> I do at work. Um, you have the night free. Oh, you know, like. Right? Like, there's, there's these, like, these really practical things that come into play. Right? Like, and once again, I'm not... I'm going to unpack it in a moment. I think that what I'm about to say, it will make a bit more sense. But as you feel led to speak, you speak. As you feel led to speak in tongues, or you, need, you have the need. See, I have, the, I have this need to speak in tongues because I need to pray for things that I don't have a zero in on. I know that there's so much going on in my world, and I don't know where the, the, the blockage is in my own spirit. I don't know where the disconnect is relationally. I don't know where the breakthrough is for Theos U or for Theos Seminary or for our company or for my marriage or relation. You know what I mean? So I, there's t- I have to pray in tongues. You hear me? And so I'll feel it and I'll feel led. So, so there's, there's a part of the human will, which is my, the ultimate point. God doesn't move your mouth. Right? I move my mouth. So when I prophesy with somebody, it's like the Holy Spirit didn't put his arm up my back and he's like going this. I, I have a wired for you. 
God is sending you to Bahamas. You know, like, <laughs> it's the same thing with tongues. With, with tongues, you, like, you, you don't start, like, the Holy Spirit doesn't move your mouth. You got you, you to move your mouth. It's always an operation of faith. It is always, every time. Two weeks ago, I'm walking around in my neighborhood. Don't judge me for this, okay? But this is just real. I'm walking around my neighborhood, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to speak in tongues. I start speaking in tongues, and like in my head, I'm just like, is this even real? Do you know what I mean? Like, this sounds so stupid. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay, cool. It's cool, dude, that you had that thought. No, you're not deconstructing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, am I going to, oh my gosh, am I going to be deconstructing now? You know, like, no, you're asking, this is a great question. It's, it's a great question to ask, like, why does this sound so dumb? And is this even real? Am I making this all up? Because it makes me really just, act, like, I have to get to the core of it. And the core of it is every operation is going to be an operation of faith. Right? When I confess things from Scripture, that's an operation of faith. Jesus rose from the dead. I can't prove it to you. I just trust the Scriptures. You hearing me? And I feel stirred in my spirit when I read the Scriptures. You hearing me? I'm encountering the author of Scripture when I'm reading Scripture. And there's this intangible. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I'm caught up in it. And I trust Jesus. And the undeniable always trumps the unexplainable. And there's something undeniable about the gospel and undeniable about the scriptures and the story of Jesus. And, and so I'm caught up in it. You hearing me? And so, yeah, I, I, so I will have some thoughts at times. It'll be like, yes, but I'll just go, yeah, it is weird. But it's all weird. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus came back from the dead. It's like, we can start there. You know what I mean? Like, maybe start there. That's weirder than you, you know, saying some gibberish and it, you know, making, making sense in the spiritual. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot less costly than going, well, this man in history rose from the dead. And so now I'm dedicating my whole life to it. You know what I mean? It's like, you hearing me? It's always going to be an operation of faith. Every act of tongues or prophecy is going to be an operation of faith. You know, um, I have friends who have been believing God for years to speak in tongues. <laughs> oh, they're losers. I'm just kidding. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. They kind of, no, I'm just kidding. No, they're like, they're the, they're the best Christians ever. They don't speak in tongues. And I tease them all the time. And they're like, you suck. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. But, they, it, you know, it's like, it's, I, it's probably never going to happen for them. And that's, that's okay. And I just, I felt like somebody needs to hear that tonight. And I know that, like, you, you shouldn't ever say that, um, like, technically, as a Pentecostal or charismatic, but sorry. There's, there's probably some people who will never speak in tongues. John Piper, who I love to death, wants to speak in tongues, but... Just hasn't doesn't spoken tongues yet. Is he a good Christian? Yeah, he's an amazing Christian. Okay, I don't know. What the, I don't know. I th I think, and personally, if John Piper started to hang out with Charismatics Pentecostals, he'd get the gift. Because to me, the spiritual gifts are they're more caught than taught. 
right? So theology and teaching, you know, that's kind of, you know, it's, it's didactic and it's in your head and all that. But this stuff is like, you got to get around the people, if that makes sense. Um, you catch it. Um, and I think that this, this, that's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit works through people imparting gifts to people. Okay? So while I have my friends who are like, they're not speaking tongues yet, and I give them a hard time about it all the time, and I tease them, and I call them a loser. Because um, I'm just, because for me, I'm just like, dude, just, just hang out with charismatics, bro. If you did that, I know, you, I know that you'd receive the gift. So if you're serious, if you're ever serious, just start hanging out with me. And we will, you know what I mean? Like, stop seeing me once a year. Start coming to a church. I'll go to a church that I tell you to. Okay, so number one. Okay, number one. Number two, um, I have friends, though, who for years, they, they, they wanted to receive, and they just kept on going up. And every, you know what I mean? Just going up. And, and eventually, at some point, there was a breakthrough. You know what I'm saying? So, so I had a friend who, they were in their shower. <laughs> They're in their shower, and they just, for whatever reason, the shower was where they had the breakthrough. You know, somewhere in between the shampoo and the conditioner. <laughs> I could find out what product they were using, if, that's, if that matters to you. It was probably a purple shampoo. They had some highlights, so. Um, you know, so it was like, <laughs> you're hearing me. It's like the, the most random places. I, I remember praying over a young lady, and she, you know, there was, there, there was a, a bunch of people that began to speak in tongues um, in New York um, at this, this church where we were hanging out, and she wasn't speaking in tongues. But I said, hey, if you didn't get it now, maybe the Lord will give it to you on your way home when you're walking home. Because everybody in New York, we all walk, right? Sure enough. She began to speak in tongues on her way back to her apartment, right? So it's like, th- this is the type of thing where, where pers- pursue it, right? Earnestly desire spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And so if you earnestly desire something, I would say, don't just leave it to a night where we pray for you, but make it something where you're like, God, I'm desiring this. And marry that desire with some pragmatism uh, and the pragmatism of you're going to have to move your mouth. Do you know what I mean? Like, God, I want to prophesy so bad. Okay, cool. So pray over somebody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I am so into prophecy and I know I'm going to prophesy one day. Okay, well, just you have to, you have to move your lips. That's going to be helpful. Start there. You're hearing me. And I, I believe that as you step out, in faith, that, that the Holy Spirit will meet you there. You hearing me? Okay. We're going to pray for some people. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. If you want to follow us on social media and just stay up to our current events, our social media handle is Bold Church SV. That's Bold Church SV for Silicon Valley. We hope you stay blessed and we'll see you soon.